Pray with me. Most gracious Heavenly Father, as we come into these moments now where we open your word, open our hearts to receive your life-transforming truth, that you would shape us into a people of generosity, that you would challenge us, Lord, where we need to, to come into alignment with your will. And so, Father, do your work now in these moments as we turn it over to you in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. This coming Thursday, the 11th of November, is Veterans Day, and we celebrate that here in our nation each year. The very first Veterans Day was in 1919. It was a year after the end of World War I when our country wanted to honor those who had given their lives, but also those that were living and had served, and just to say thank you as a grateful nation. And so this morning, as we gather here, we're on Veterans Day this week, and we wanted to take a moment as a church to thank you. If you have served our nation in the armed forces, in the military, to defend our freedoms so that we can gather here and we can worship freely each week and not be afraid of somebody crashing in here and and taking us away somewhere, you have defended and, and stood up for this country and given a great sacrifice. If that's you today, I'd like to ask you to stand right now so that we can see you and we can say thanks to the Lord for your service. Thank you, guys. Let me uh, just ask the Lord to bless you as we pray together right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for these men and women who faithfully answered the call to step up and to serve our country. Father, thank you for all the, the time that was spent away from families and all the, the anxiety and moments of, of fear, of giving, of sacrifice. And so, Father, we give you thanks for them. And I pray now a special anointing and blessing from your throne in heaven would cover them and their families. And for those now, Lord, in our military that are currently serving and are in harm's way, we pray a a blessing of protection over them that you would bring them back to us safely as well. And Lord, we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're like me, you drive around and you can't help but see bumper stickers everywhere. I mean, some of them are kind of good and inspirational, like this one I saw recently. It says, be the reason someone smiles today. It's like, oh man, I needed that. You know, I'm getting a little edgy out here in traffic. I need to to make someone smile. But how, how about this one right here? I ran across recently. Do you follow Jesus this closely? Like, that's the, like, that was for me. I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. I'm going to back off a little. How about this right here? Maybe as we think about Veterans Day, all gave some and some gave all. It's a sobering phrase to think about that as we consider our military, that there's some, that all of those veterans gave a measure, but there was some that paid the ultimate sacrifice and gave all and gave their lives for this nation. And as I was thinking about some gave all, it made me think about this message today and wrapping up this sermon series that we've been in here the last few weeks. And we're in in a series called Generosity. 
Maybe this is your first day back to church in a while and you're like, oh great, I came back, they're talking about giving. Can I slip out here real quick and nobody will see and I can, I can get to roses before the crowd. But hey, I'm, just, I'm gonna ask you to, to stay with me for a moment and let's open the word of God and see what, what the word says, what God's heart of generosity has to teach us today about the way that he is calling us to be his people and to be a generous people. Generosity. As we dig into the word of God, we're going to see that, that money and finances and the, our, the relationship that we have to them and to God is very important to God and it's very important to Jesus. As a matter of fact, if you go through Jesus' parables in the New Testament, you're going to find that just about one third of all that he taught on had to do with money and resources it was, it was very important to him that we get this right. And why is that? It's because Jesus knows that in ourselves that we have a struggle with material things. He, he knows that many times that we struggle to make money or things an idol that we would put our trust in and we try to hoard more to ourselves so that we don't have to depend on anything else and, and, and on anybody or, or God, but I, I've got it all taken care of. And so Jesus, he knew, he knows that there's pitfalls in our lives and what we struggle with. The truth is that money is really amoral. If you think about it, it's amoral. It, it, it's, it could be used for good or for bad. Let's say I pull out a, a $20 bill. Like I could, I could go out and I could buy somebody lunch. I could go put some gas in somebody's car. Like it, I wouldn't get much gas, you know, like a whole tank, but I, it would be, or I could take the same 20 and I could, Go spend it on something, maybe a, a sinful habit or something that's going to cause harm to someone else. And so Jesus understood that money is not the, the problem, but it's our hearts. And that's what he is wanting us to, to grasp as we look into his word this morning. So if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 21. Luke's gospel, 21st chapter. And if you have your version Bible app, you can pull it up there and you can even find an outline there for this message and you can follow along and fill in the blanks as we go along. But as we dive into this morning, Jesus wants us to know this very important point right off the bat. He wants us to grasp this, that generosity is important to God. God is a generous God. Think about John three sixteen. Everybody quotes this, for God so loved the world that what? That he gave, he gave his only son. God is a generous God and he wants his people, his followers to be a generous people. But here's the, the truth that he wants us to grasp this morning. So listen to this, as followers of Jesus, generosity is, is not just something that we do. But generosity is at the very core of who we are and who God wants us to be as his children. Not just something we do, but to be at the core of who we are. And so as this, we dive into the text this morning, Luke 21, where are we in the Bible? Jesus, he has 48 hours left to live and he knows it. These hours that he's in are leading to the hour that he will face in two days from now, the hour of the cross when he will lay down his life. And so he's in Jerusalem. It's, it's already past Palm Sunday and Jesus is in Jerusalem. He goes to the temple and the, the city has swollen with, with all these people celebrating the Passover. And so Jesus finds himself there in town and he, and he wants to pass on some truths to his followers 
in these moments. So he's in the temple there in Jerusalem. If you've ever been over there, here's a picture of the temple mount up there in Jesus's time. And you can see this big court, open spot all the way around the center spot. And this outer court was called the court of the Gentiles. Here is a place where anybody could go. Jews and Gentiles could hang around out there. But if you wanted to go farther in, it was reserved for Jewish people. Down at the bottom, you see that door. That's called the gate beautiful or the beautiful gate. And and so Jewish women and men could both go in there. And this was called the court of the women. And then the men could go on past those steps up into the higher part. And there was a called the court of Israel. And then you can get on in and only the priests and, and the high priests could go farther. And so on this story, Jesus is out in the court of women, the open air part there and the smaller part. And the Bible says that in this area is where people would give their temple offerings. That there was 13 shofar oats that are there. That there was collection boxes that were in the shape of a, of a trumpet. And people would drop those in there for various causes there at the temple. And so here's the scene. Jesus is up there. There's people milling around. There's activity happening. There are people dropping in offerings. And in the midst of all that, Jesus He's going to notice something. Let's look at verse one. It says, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. So here in the midst of all the activity that's going on, what can we gain is that, that Jesus is paying attention. He's teaching his followers, but he looks over and he sees people putting in gifts, the rich, and he looks over and he sees a widow putting in her offering. Why is this story, right before Jesus' death, this widow's story placed into this passage of scripture right here, right before Jesus is going to the cross. And I believe this, that Jesus wanted to to show us that he was writing this, this widow, this ordinary overlooked woman into his story. And we can find hope that he wants to to do that for you and me. He's writing you and me into his story. Maybe you feel like nobody notices you and that you're overlooked and does Jesus even care? And the scripture says, and I believe that the gospel writers wrote it in this way that Jesus was a distance away from where the offerings were being put in, but he knew what was going in. He was paying attention to the details. He's looking at the details of your life and what you're going through. He wants you to know he loves you so much. Jesus He notices. She drops in, this widow, two very small little coins. And if you're grown up in church, this is a very familiar story. It's called the widow's what? Widow's mite, yeah. And so here's here's what would be the widow's mite. And these are two small coins called lepton. And it's called the, the thin coins. They're these thin coins. And together, they are the minimum offering that allowed by Jewish tradition that you could even put in there. That's like they had a, a cutoff. You, got, you can't go lower than this. And so what this is in money value is basically these two coins together represent 164th of a denarius. And you go, oh, what is all of this fraction stuff? A denarius was that was a day's wage for someone in this culture. And so if you took a day's wage and you divide it by 64, that's what she was dropping in the into the offering at the Jewish temple that day. And 
if you were and I were there on the scene watching, we'd be like, what's the point? Like, why bother? Like, it's such a small, is this, is this gift even, is it going to amount to anything? Is it going to help anybody? Like, why is she even doing this? It's such a, a small little gift. But we're going to see that there's something else other than the amount of her gifts that takes priority with Jesus. Jesus points out proportion over portion. In this story, we're going to see that Jesus is more concerned about the proportion of, of a gift than the portion. What does it cost someone? What does it cost you? Let's listen to what he says in verse three. He says, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, all that she had to live on. The word there, live on, is in the Greek, the word bios, which means bios, and we get our word biology or life from that, is that all she had left in life was what she gave. And, and I can imagine that Jesus, while he praised her generosity, he was also brokenhearted at what had led this woman to this point where she was gonna take the last two coins that she had and drop them in there. And, and he, you see Jesus He's so frustrated with this temple religious system, this temple religious system that they were supposed to be a house of prayer and taking care of the widows. And they had turned this thing into what he would say about the Pharisees, that they had turned it into a place that devours widows. How could he say this? That they were taking the last of what these widows had instead of ministering to them, they were just demanding it and taking it. And so I'm sure Jesus' heart was broken and he went on to say to his disciples right after this, I'm about to tear down this system. I'm about to, none, no stones are gonna remain on each other. I'm gonna tear down the system and I'm gonna set up a new way of worshiping God. He was not concerned about the size of the portion, but the, the proportion, because why she gave more than all of the other ones out of her less, she gave a sacrifice. In the Old Testament, maybe you're familiar with King David, and David was a man that he was after God's own heart and he loved to sacrifice. And there's a story in First Chronicles that you're gonna find there of David giving a sacrifice he came to Jerusalem before the temple was built and he wanted to make an offering to the Lord on this certain spot, which was a threshing floor of a man. This place later became where the temple was built later. He asked the man if he could do a sacrifice. David did in this spot. And let's listen to what happens in this story. First Chronicles chapter 21. David said to him, that man, let me have the sight of your threshing floor so I can build an altar to the Lord, that the plague on the people may be stopped. Sell it to me at the full price. Arana said to David, take it, take it. Let my Lord, the king, do whatever he pleases. Look, I will give oxen for the burnt offerings and the threshing sledges for the wood and for the wheat and the wheat of the grain offering. I will give all of this. Okay, so imagine, here's this guy. He, he's under David's kingdom and he's like, I'm gonna impress the king. I'm gonna, like, the king wants to do an offering here. 
And so like you take it, just take it, David. It's all yours. And David could have done that, but no, let's look what he says, how he finishes this. He says, he replied to Arana, no, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that what, that cost me nothing. David understood that he wanted to sacrifice. He wanted to feel it. He wanted it to come out of his portion, his portion would come out of the proportion that God had blessed him with he was not going to offer to the Lord that which cost him nothing this morning God is calling you to be a generous follower of him and so you may say that's great I want to give Lord I I feel it I want to help people so what's the best way how should I give how should I give if we look in scripture and we can learn from the apostle Paul that God wants us to give in a couple of ways. First of all, prayerfully, and he wants us to give cheerfully. Listen to how Paul encourages us here in 2 Corinthians chapter nine. He says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And now listen to this part. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Prayerfully. He says, I want you to not just give flippantly or you just, I'm gonna pull out a couple of bucks and throw them in the plate. I didn't even look. But he says, no, I want you to, to, to give prayerfully and to consider before the Lord because here's the truth that the Lord knows your heart. He knows your situation. He knows those times when you could have maybe given a little bit more but you held back out of, out of doubt or he knows that time maybe that you use giving as a scorecard. Like, God, check the math, man. I gave 10%. Like, check it. Aren't you impressed? Like, I didn't miss a thing, Lord. Aren't you? Look at how righteous, how cool, and what a great servant I am. And God, I can just see him smiling up there. And he says, did you read Psalm 24 where it says the earth is the Lord and everything in it. The earth is the Lord's and all that is that it's all mine. I've just entrusted it to you. I've blessed you with it and you're a steward of it. And so he's searching your heart today and he's searching mine and he's saying, uh, I know you struggle with generosity. I know, I know. Why is it that we struggle with generosity sometimes? Maybe, I don't know if it's like for you, but when I was growing up, uh, we had kind of this scarcity mindset. And what is that? It's like, I, I feel like I don't have enough. And so how can I give? Like if I give, I'm not gonna have, an, and so I gotta, uh, I gotta keep it all over here. And God's saying, I don't want you to live in the scarcity mindset. I want you to live in an abundance mindset. I want you to live with this, this mindset that I've been blessed so that I can be a blessing. And I'm going to live with, a, with a, a, a loose grip on my things. And I'm going to have an open heart to, to give when I see a need. And I'm going to trust God in faith. Because the bottom line is of giving and our struggles with that is it comes down to the first commandment, doesn't it? Do I love and trust God enough? That's what it's all about. He wants your trust. He wants your love. He wants you to lean into him and to rely on him. And here's what you're gonna learn as you begin to give, that whatever you give, like whenever you give, you're always a blessing. And whenever you give, you're also, also, 
always blessed. You're always a blessing and you're always blessed. It may not always come back to you materially, but it will come back to you in a spiritual joy and a satisfaction of your faith and knowing that you were part of something that God had called you to that's so much bigger. And so the first way, how can you give is to give prayerfully. And I'm gonna ask you and challenge you this week as you're in your devotional time and in your prayer time to get before the Lord and say, Lord, just show me. You've been speaking to me. How can I faithfully be a steward of what you've given me? Seek him and he will guide you. Give cheerfully. Listen to what Paul says. He says, don't give reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. In the book of Acts, Luke says this. He says, remember that Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to what? Yes. You go, wait, hey, hang on a second here. It's pretty cool to receive. If, I, if I'm real honest with you, like if somebody wants to walk up and hand me some gift, I'm like, I like it. You know, like fill up my tank and you're gonna give me a car, whatever. It feels good to get it to receive. But Jesus says, have you experienced the joy of giving? Many of you out here have already experienced that and you know what he's talking about. It's incredible. Have you ever gotten a gift for somebody and you're so excited to give it. Maybe you wrap it and it's gonna be a couple of weeks down the road and yeah, I just can't even wait to see what their face is gonna do. They're gonna be, so, or maybe you gave into a ministry, into a cause and you, you just see the work being done for the sake of the gospel and people coming to faith in the Lord and you just, your heart overflows and it is more blessed to, to give than it is to receive. Give cheerfully to bless someone else with joy in the Lord. Oh, my friends, we serve such an abundant Savior and he's given everything for you and me. Jesus gave all for us because we could give nothing. Listen to what Paul tells us here in 1 Corinthians 8, 9, 2 Corinthians. He says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that through that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that through his poverty you might become rich. Wow, what a, what a beautiful exchange of, of his, he left his riches. He became poor so that we could become rich. And so if there was a bumper sticker to, today on this message that has to do with our standing before Christ, it would go something like this. All gave none. Jesus gave all. All gave none. Why? Because we had nothing to give. We have nothing in our own hands to bring before him that would impress him, that would do anything. And so Jesus says, I understand that, that you need a savior. Jesus says, I know you don't need just advice on life and a plan to, to, to hear some pointers to live better. No, Jesus says, you need a brand new life. You need a new heart. You need a new future. You need eternity. And the only way you're gonna come into that is through me, Jesus gave it all. So because of that, he's calling you and me to live generously, to follow his example. Because as followers of Christ, we don't just do generosity. Generosity is at the core of who we are. And so church, as you go out this week to live for him, as a generous people, I'm gonna call you to do a few things. I'm gonna call you to go and live generously. I'm gonna call you to, to go 
to give cheerfully. I'm gonna call you to go and to live as a living example of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave it all. He gave it all so you could receive all of the fullness of his gifts for all of eternity. Thank you, Jesus, for your generosity. Help me now to live that out to the world in Jesus' name. Amen.